Hey girl, you're listening to the For The Girl podcast, the podcast designed for you. Join Mac and Kenz as they cover all the hard topics for real life girls trying to love Jesus. Get ready for encouragement, truth, and let's be real, a little bit of a hot mess. Is it just me or Mac and Kenz your new best friends? Let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the For The Girl podcast. We are super excited you're here and listening. I hope you're having a good little drive, a little walk, a little makeup time, however you listen to this podcast. That's so fun to think about. I love it. Today, we're going to be talking about or For The Girl Who Doesn't Know What The Heck To Do With Her Life. And this is just such a fun conversation. You might not be thinking it's so fun because you might be stressed out and anxious about your life, but that's okay. We're going to walk through all the feelings, all the things. And most importantly, Mac and I are going to kind of throw it back through this episode. We're going to walk you through like our life in our 20s and just big pivotal things we learned or moments and how we kind of landed on what we do with our lives. So that's going to be fun. But obviously, before we do all of that, we just want to talk about this week's top three. (laughs) Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to jump in. And I thought we'd kick it off by talking about the fall vibes that are beginning to happen. Because just before recording this podcast this morning, I sat outside a coffee shop. There was a nice breeze. I had pumpkin in my drink. And I just thought, this is the life. And I cannot wait to embrace it more. Are you like all for the pumpkin thing or what? I mean, the thing to me about the pumpkin flavor is you can't ever do it. It has to be in the right moments. And this moment felt right because it was kind of cooler this morning. Oh my gosh. It's like so nice outside today in Nashville. It's nice here too. I had an outdoor coffee date with Uh, pumpkin in my drink. That's what I'm saying. It was amazing. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So are you going to decorate your house for the fall? Probably not the inside. First married fall. Probably not the inside, but I'm definitely getting some mums and some pumpkins for the front porch. We did that last year and that was so fun. Some mums. I love mums. (laughs) Wait, are mums creepy? I feel like mums are creepy. Or wait, are they not the creepy? No, they're like the like fall colored flower bundle things, you know? That's what mums are. Oh, I thought you were talking mummies? about like, mums. Like, I don't know, like those <laughs> mummies. I thought you were talking about mummies. Okay, you know what I'm also excited about? You always know the proper names of things. Yeah. What? I'm also excited about Sunday's football. I feel like Kent and I bond over this. Neither one of us are like, yes. we're not like in pretend we're huge football fans, but we love the Sunday football rhythm and routine. Laying on the couch, having the game on, taking a nap, maybe getting into the game for a second. I have my fantasy football team ready to go. Have you gotten into fantasy football yet? No, I haven't done that. I don't know if I'm about that. I don't know if, like, I just don't get it. I'm not a big, like, gamer. Yeah. See, I'm a bit more of a gamer, and I do it because it keeps me invested in football, which is then what, you know... It's a it's that makes it's sense. a marriage tip, you know. I just build my fantasy football team around Tyler's well, favorite Tyler's football like, team, and then it he's me big time, big time. He's big time football guy. Yeah, you know, tonight actually is the first NFL game of the year, and he's already told me, "Hey, that's what I'm oh. going to be doing." So it's tonight. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It is the. <laughs> let's see if I know who it is. I believe. <laughs> no way. It is. The Los Nobody Angeles Rams versus the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> well, 
It wasn't it some sort of was it the Rams that won yes, last year? That's right. They won the Super Bowl. Oh, they played the Bengals. Thank you very much. The Bengals much. is our team. I'm owning it now. The Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. That is Tyler and I's football team. So yeah. Okay. Everybody on this podcast is bored. No issues <laughs> about the ball. So we're moving on from that. I really do want to decorate my house for the fall, but have you seen like some of the decoration stuff is just so expensive and I can't wrap well, my have mind you around seen like the DIYs on TikTok? No, I needed to get behind that. So apparently you buy those like cheap plasticky looking pumpkins, you know, the little like jack o' lantern okay. things. And then there's some painting method for how you paint them. So they look more like uh, terracotta y or something. And then you can make okay. these like that would make sense. cool arch things with them. So maybe you should just go DIY. Okay, that's beyond me. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Ken, all you need uh, are the... I'm not a DIY girl. Oh, also I heard that Aldi has those pumpkin pillows that are like the cute little poof, poofs, pumpkin poofs. Maybe you should get oh. them from Aldi. Oh, I don't know about those They're fluffy. Okay, wow. Okay, I need to get behind the trends. And then okay, all you need on your cute. porch is pumpkins and mums. You got to get mums. They're cheap. I stop saying mums. Like nobody but you knows the word mums. They're just flower knows pops, mums. No mums. Okay, once again, we're gonna do a TikTok poll on what you call flower pots. Flower pots are no, mums, and everyone's gonna vote. Are the flowers flower you have in the fall? They're specific to the fall. That's the fall flower that everybody puts on their porches. Oh, like that's the name of the. Flower? Well, I think it's chrysanthemums, but. They're shortened to mom. What? Literally, Mac, like nobody knows any of this yes. information. I'm telling you, if you're a fall decorator, you know what a chrysanthemum is and a mom, and it's shortened to mom. What? Yes, I'm telling you. Well, I just thought I was going to have like pumpkins and haystacks and stuff, but they're so expensive. So I might reroute. But I also, the other thing is, I it doesn't to even put matter. on mascara this morning. I love when you forget that. You actually look really funny <laughs> without mascara. <laughs> All right, let's move Mostly on just fall. because the rest of your makeup stuff. I know. Like happens to you a lot and it's really weird on you. Let's move on for fall. Okay, but I was also just going to say that like it doesn't matter if we decorate my street because my street is literally like a truck route and nobody's actually enjoying their time on my street. <laughs> so I might as well just let it go. Well, okay, my let's move the on. opposite, so I will be decorating. Yeah, yours is like cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. So what else are we going to talk about? I think we're getting closer to our Bible study launch. We're getting closer, guys. Like literally a month or two away. No, less than a month. It's like weeks away. Time is flying. We're pretty soon going to release the name, the cover, what it's about. Max ready to release it like tomorrow. I am. We thought we'd give you guys some hints what it's about. So number one is Drake. Drake? Yeah. That's good. Isn't that good? That's good, yeah. Yeah, Drake. So think Drake. (laughs) That's really good. The hint number two for the cover vibes is road trips. Okay, I like it. That's good. Road trips. (laughs) Road trips. Road trips. Road trips. And then... Okay, so so far we have road trips. Drake. Drake. And then hint number three uh, for the content. For the content is... is, um, Emojis. That's great. Emojis. So the, the clues are Drake, road trip, and emojis. 
We need to put this on Instagram and see if anybody guesses. Okay, it. that's a good idea. We'll do that. By the way, Mac, you need to get on Instagram. <laughs> like, are you literally disappearing from the world? Or like, the thing, are Ken. you going to get on Here's like, the thing. right now after the I, recording right I now? I get done with my day no. and I'm like, oh, I just don't have the energy. It's too much. It's what too much. You, well, I do it. You have to do it. And it's actually like so easy. Like literally, I'll smile right now for your phone. <laughs> Come on. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Podcast time. Yay. Okay, yay. Yay. Okay. Podcasting. Nobody cares okay, about this. Cute. But anyway, so we're going to put that poll on. Okay, guys, it's literally releasing super soon. We'll see if you guys can guess it. I was going to say, if you are in Nashville or within driving distance of Nashville, we are having a book launch party and we want you to come. DM us and we'll send you all the deets. Okay. We're also going to, like, put it on our socials, I think. Yeah. We want to have a book party with you all. We're going to have refreshments. It's going to be cute. We're going to have the books there so you can see it first. So that's going to be really fun. So you should totally come to the party. You really are invited. This feels like a very casual invite. We'll tell you more later. Yes. But there's that. What were the clues again, real quick, just to recap? Drake, road trip, and emojis. Okay. Yes. All right. I love it. Okay. Let's move on to the third thing we want to discuss. And that's weeknight (laughs) dinners. All right. Okay, weeknight dinners. What have you been cooking up in the cooker these days? I'm getting really uncreative. Last night, I bought a frozen pizza, and that's what we had for dinner. It was a cauliflower crust. That's a, that's really affordable route, yeah. honestly. And we doctor up our frozen pizzas. We add things to them. That's the way to do it. But that's all I got. All frozen I can come up with pizza. is salmon and frozen pizza right now. I just, like, always want to make soups. Josh doesn't <gasps> like that. Okay, but it's soup season. That's great. I needed that. I'm going to make soups. I have that spicy soup that I make. I have the tzatziki lemon soup. It's like a copycat one. Oh, I have this like amazing soup. I literally thought when I ate it the last time that when you and Tyler are here in Nashville, I'm going to make it. Really? Wow. I literally thought that. What soup is that? Yeah. It's like steak tip soup. So it has like... It just seems like yeah, it's like a vegetable potato steak soup. It just has so much flavor. That's the best part. It's like salty and warm and hearty. It's so good. So there's that. Oh, that sounds amazing. That sounds so oh good. Oh my gosh. Shemak just zoned out on the podcast, guys. I saw it in her eyes. Like, who are you texting? I got a Slack message that was really important that I was going to respond to. And I know we're wrapping up this conversation, so I was just moving on. Yeah, let's just get into the episode, you guys. This was a lot of fun talking to you, but we're even more excited to reminisce and to share just some advice in all of that. So let's get into the episode. We're jumping into this conversation for the girl who doesn't know what to do with her life. And I mean, <laughs> friends, you and I are now pushing 30, but I remember my early 20s that this was such a big question where you're trying to figure it out and it feels so big and it feels so weighty and it seems like everybody's asking you so you know what are you majoring in what are you going to do after college what are your dreams what are your hopes and you just feel this pressure (laughs) to have it all figured out and I think now you know now that I'm deep into doing the things that I feel like God has called me into I've almost forgotten what it's like so I've really tried to put myself back in the shoes of all of you guys this week and remember real I don't know just the weightiness of it and and the confusion of it and so 
I really do believe that Kenz and I have learned a lot through our own journey. We have arrived at what we were supposed to do with our lives in very different ways. And I will say that it yeah. still feels to me like it's ever changing. It's not like you just come to this big arrival moment and one day it all clicks and makes sense. It's a journey and it's a process. And I'm excited to yeah. jump in and talk more about this. Yes, same. I know. So we're going to throw it back. Little us, just picture little Mac and Ken's walking into freshman year and trying to figure out what the heck to do with our lives. And we were the girls who really didn't really know and experienced a lot of change. And we both have different stories in that, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But we're just going to walk you through like just some big highlights that God like showed us through our 20s. So we'll start off with this. And the first thing I would want to say to anybody who's trying to figure out what to do with their life is to be open-handed with it all. I think a lot of people come to college with their mindset on something rather than like trying new things in this new place that he brought you to. And I get it. Maybe there's a big dream on your heart or something people have told you or spoke over you for years and years and years. And you're like, no, this is the thing. This is it. But then you get thrown into a new place, move across the country, and you feel like it's all starting to be shaken, but you try to cling to that still. And Mac, I know that this has been a huge part of your story. <laughs> so I first want you to share a little bit about this. Yes, of course. So I came to college thinking I was going to be a country singer, <laughs> which is so funny now, obviously, <laughs> yeah. because I am quite the opposite you of a guys, country it's singer. Real. Yeah, Matt, yeah, it is Wilson. real. Check her out on Spotify. Yeah, it's true. I do have music on Spotify. It's hilarious. Country music. So in high school, I sang, I wrote songs, I was in country western choir, and that was... <laughs> who I was. That's who everybody knew me to be. I was the girl that wrote music and wanted to move to Nashville and wanted to be a singer-songwriter. I always knew that I wanted to go to Belmont in Nashville because if you want to do music, Belmont is the place to go. And so I remember getting into Belmont and then I remember getting into the songwriting program at Belmont and it just felt like everything was going my way. And then I got to Belmont my freshman year and there's lots of opportunities you can have freshman year with music and they were all working out for me, you know? It was just like, I was doing the thing, I was living my dream, and along the way, I can't lie about it, there was this unrest in me, and there was something in me that just didn't feel at peace, that, that didn't feel right. I constantly felt like I was kind of chasing after this dream because it's all that I knew, and it's all that I had to kind of show the world that I mattered and I belonged and I had value. And so I clung to that really tightly. But when something would go wrong in it, you know, I would get rejected or someone didn't like my music. You get a lot of feedback when you're in music. It crushed me <laughs> and it was debilitating. I just remember being like, I only came to Belmont for music and I only came to Belmont to be a singer songwriter. And I was quite the opposite of open-handed. And that made my journey really difficult because oftentimes I think we have this idea in our, of our head of what it needs to look like, what our life calling needs to look like. And then something happens that maybe changes that course. And I think if you can remain open-handed in it, then you'll be way 
more apt to handle that change and to handle that transition than I was because I went through this period of breaking off of the identity of who I was. And it's crazy now because here we are many years later and it's laughable to think about that. But it's also crazy to me that, you know, if you would have told freshman year college Mackenzie that you wouldn't do music in 10 years, I would have been like, what? No, well, that's my dream. That's what I have to do. And so I think that that idea of, of coming into college or whatever season you're in, just so open-handed and just saying, God, will you open the doors that need to be open and will you close the doors that need to be closed? And will you allow my heart to be soft enough to respond in whatever way you're leading me and guide me? Would I just give you the control. It was a crazy journey. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it kind of leads us to the second thing that we want to talk about. Our second piece of advice that was a huge part of our story, and that's to just try a lot of things. I remember that journey for you, Mac, when you were like, oh my gosh, wait, this is like shifting for me, or things are starting to look different, or maybe I don't want to do this with my life. You're like, okay, well, what if I try this? What if I dip my toes in this? Mm -hmm. Okay, wait, I could yeah. maybe put more time here. And slowly but surely, like new interests and new passions and new dreams started to be birthed in your life. And so I yeah. think the next step, in addition to being open-handed, is you got to just like put yourself out there, get outside of your comfort zone and try on some other things. And I'm talking about like whether this comes to friend groups, clubs you're involved in, I don't know, sports, majors, of course, and all the things. I know for myself, I came to college kind of different from Mac. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I wasn't clinging on to something necessarily. I just had no, I was right here in the boat with you guys. I had no idea what the heck I was going to do with my life. I actually came into college, which I laugh about this now. I was an education major thinking I wanted to be a teacher. And honestly, I kind of chose that because I just knew other things were eliminated. I couldn't be a doctor. I just wasn't going to pass the <laughs> classes. That was going to be way too hard. I wasn't going to be any kind of like therapist, even counselor. That was too hard, too much school. So I was trying to narrow it down with something that was easy, but it wasn't something that I was necessarily passionate about. I changed my major three different times and I just was like, okay, I'll try this. I'll go do this. It was a huge part of the process for me of mm -hmm. discovering what I wanted to do. And I don't know if you guys know this too, but I moved all the way across the country for college. And I really do believe that there's like two options that you have when you make a big change like that in your life, whether it's moving across the country or even moving four hours away, there's big change there. And you have two options. The first is to just cling to your comfort zone and stay with what you know, hang out with the same people, not think about changing your career and just stick with it and stay comfy. Or your second option is you just don't let fear get the best of you and you throw yourself in new things. I think this is a huge part of my journey as well in discovering what I wanted to do. Every single time I changed my major, I was like, okay, wait, I like bits and pieces of this or I like bits and pieces of that. And thankfully, I just didn't have like maybe the shame attached to it. I kind of just laughed at myself, which you kind of have to do the process <laughs> as well. <laughs> that's the other piece. Yeah. Is laugh at yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. I know. I think about my freshman year. I came in with this idea of what I wanted to do, and I was all about it my freshman year. Sophomore year was when things began to change for me. And you're so right, Kent. I realized that once I got my eyes 
off of just music, I realized I had so many other passions and so many other things that I was good at that I didn't know because I had been so laser focused on music for such a long time. And it was really fun to kind of see those things come to light and come to the surface. And I think when you're in a season of trying, remember that it's so important to just stay in that season. I think sometimes we want to try things just to know if we'll know. And I realized that season for me was probably two to two and a half years of not knowing what I was going to do with my life. Everybody would ask me, I mean, my major was so random. I picked a random major that allowed me to graduate on time so I didn't have to pay more money for college. But I had no idea if that's what I wanted to do. And it was a long season, but I loved that season because I really do feel like God gave me such clarity, such clarity, but it took a lot of yeah. trying things and a lot of not just going halfway into things. Like I went all the way into things. I was super committed to whatever I was going to try. I was going to do it with my fullest self and my fullest abilities. And I'm really proud of that season of my life. I look back on it and I'm like, wow, I was able to really find joy and really find purpose even in the midst of confusion and even in the midst of not having clarity. And I wouldn't trade that season for anything. And so I think that's really important, trying a lot of things. And then that brings us to our third thing. And that is just to truly intentionally seek the Lord and godly counsel around you. My whole story with the reason why I decided to walk away from music in the first place was Ken's and I had gone to the Passion Conference my sophomore year. Mm -hmm. And beginning of sophomore year was when I kind of just started to feel the first turmoil in my journey with music. It just started to feel more of a chore and it wasn't as fun as it had once been. And we go to this conference and I'll never forget it. Francis Chan was speaking one night and you know how oftentimes pastors will just do like a little introduction to their sermon and it typically really has nothing to do with what they're going to talk about, but it's just something that's a burden on their heart. <laughs> and he had been talking about how he ran into another pastor friend and he had just been on vacation or something like that. And the other guy was like, Hey Francis, you're looking good, man. Like you're looking tan, you're looking well-rested, you're looking like you've just been on a long vacation, cruising, doing your life, whatever. And Francis is like, hey man, thanks so much. And then he said the more that he thought about it, the more that he realized that's not what he wanted his life to look like. He didn't want his life to reflect this idea of comfort and ease. He wanted his life, when people looked at him, to look like he had just walked off of the battlefield for Christ, that he had been through it for the sake of people knowing Jesus. And I don't know what it was, but something in that just hit my heart. You know, you have those moments where you're like, that was for me. And yeah. I was like, man, I want my life to look like that. I don't want my life to reflect me and my own comfort and my own success. I want my life to look like Jesus and to model the life that Jesus led. And Jesus went to the cross for me. And so I want my life to model that too. And I remember praying that prayer that night. All right, Jesus, give me tough, give me hard, like make this year hard so that I can experience deeper intimacy with you. Would people look at my life and see you? And then of course I forgot about that prayer, never thought about it again. But literally <laughs> one month later I woke up and it felt like just my world was crumbling around me. I woke up and I just knew that music wasn't it. And like I said, 
music was my world. It was my everything. Everybody knew me as this girl who did music. And I felt like God was calling me to lay it down. And I remember going to my family and they did not understand because they had been the number one supporters of this dream. And they thought something was desperately wrong with me. And it was just all the drama that's hilarious now, but it was the whole thing. And there's just some other things in my life that were kind of crumbling around me. And I remember in that season, remembering that prayer and going, okay, I have two options here. I can just hold on to comfort and I can hold on to control and just keep doing this thing that I know and that I know that I'm good at, or I can trust you, God, and I can step out into the unknown and I can pursue intimacy and pursue your voice in the midst of it. And that's what I did. I remember I just committed that second half of my sophomore year to intimacy with God. I remember every day I would get back to my dorm room and I would go to my car in the parking garage and I would just pray and I would cry and I would just spend time with God. And I was like, Mm -hmm. God, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know who I am anymore. And I just remember in that season, God pouring identity into me, God pouring clarity into my life, God pouring purpose into my life. And even though it was maybe the hardest season that I had experienced up until that point, it was the most intimacy that I'd ever experienced with God. And I just received, again, so much clarity, maybe not in what I was supposed to do, because that came a little bit later, but I received so much clarity (laughs) in who I was and who I wasn't. And who I wasn't was someone that found who she was and what she did. Who I was was who God said I was. And that changed everything for me. And then that allowed me to pursue purpose and to pursue my calling without chasing identity. And that switched it all for me. And so I think just having a season where you say, hey God, I'm gonna take off all the parameters that I've put around what I'm supposed to do with my life. And I'm gonna let you speak and I'm actually gonna listen can be one of the most powerful things that we can do if we're trying to discern the calling that God has for us. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I really do believe what you just said. When you don't know what to do with your life, usually you also, it's kind of tied to like your identity being shaken and you just don't know who you are or even like what yeah. you're gifted at. And so, yeah, you discover that in prayer. And then second, you also discover it, like you said earlier, in godly counsel, asking people, talking to people who can pour into your life as well. I know that was a huge part of my journey too. I mean, I just remember clinging, like clinging to any friend who called something out in me, like, hey, Ken, you're super awesome at blah, 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 or a mentor or somebody older than me, or my dad, my dad was a huge voice in that. I remember calling him all of the time and being like, what do you think about this? Or what would you say about this? And just involving people who are full of the Holy Spirit into this journey with you is really important. And it really helps you figure out who you are and what you're gifted at in addition to those moments of prayer. And so if you haven't let people into the process with you, I think that is my challenge for you today, whoever it's going to be, your parents, a friend, somebody you admire from afar, somebody at church that you've seen, invite them into the process. And sometimes it can be a little exposing. It can be vulnerable. It can be nerve wracking, but it's through their words and advice and guidance that you really will discover more of who you are and what you're meant to do. And without that, I really do believe that if you're just trying to 
chase after dreams and ambitions on your own and without people speaking into it, you're going to find yourself far from where you need to be. It's going to become your calling or what you're doing with your life is going to become really centered around just you and what you want and your desires and maybe not even what you're good at. And so this is just a pivotal part of the process. Whether you're wondering what to do with your life or not, (laughs) this should be a huge thing. I think people will call you higher. They'll give you direction. And it's a huge part of the process. I mean, even today, as we are making decisions with our life, even now, if we don't do that, our dreams are a lot smaller, honestly, because people build your dreams bigger. That's so good. Okay. We love it. So we talked about being open-handed trying out a lot of different things, intentionally seeking the Lord and other godly counsel. And then now I'm going to talk about not being afraid to fail. And this is so big for Kent and I, because we have failed. Yes. A lot. A lot. You know, we have been <laughs> oh, doing man. this whole women's ministry thing. We have Delight. We have For the Girl for about for 10 years. 10 years now. This is exactly how long we've been doing this. 10 and- years. I wish we had enough time to tell you all of our fail stories. We used to do these things in our podcast called Mac and Ken's Mess Up. And those just scratch the surface of our hilarious fails throughout the years. And I think here's the thing. You just have got to be willing to not take yourself too seriously, to laugh at yourself, to honestly own the fact that you have no idea what you're doing, or maybe own the fact that you tried something and you're just not good at it. Like it's just not for you. And I don't know, I think that makes the journey and that makes the process so much more fun. And again, when you're not fighting for identity through what you do, you're able to do this. You're able to laugh at yourself. You're able to not take yourself so seriously. When someone doesn't like you in it or when someone says no or rejects you or doesn't choose you, you're able to just be like, okay, well, I still believe in my purpose here and I still believe that there's a reason I'm supposed to be doing this. So I'm going to keep pushing forward so yes I remember when we first started delight I mean it delight now you guys know delight it's a college ministry I feel like every time we talk about delight I feel like some people just don't know so anyway yeah we were called we started this thing called delight and it sounds cool now because it's big it's like a big thing reaching so many people it's amazing but I just will have you guys know that when we first started it it was nothing it was just a little girl's bible study that we did that's actually all we thought it was gonna be and then at some point maybe a year after starting that God really laid on our heart to grow delight and to help other people at other universities start it too and it was just the funniest journey like that in itself you guys is just kind of weird and awkward we were thinking we could start something and convince other people to do it. We were trying to write books and lead meetings. And it was just so out of our comfort zone. And it created a lot of failures. Honestly, I can remember so many weird meetings that we probably should have never had. I still look back on photo shoots that never should have happened. I mean, I can't even believe Facebook still has them on there. There's lots of disappointing (laughs) text messages, emails, many moments that were a waste of time, and just a lot of other funny things along the way. But, you know, when God puts something on your heart, if you're sitting there and you just don't know what to do with your life, maybe now or maybe in a couple of years, God's going to put something on your heart. And you're going to be tempted to let, like – 
fear of failure holds you back mm. and you just can't let it happen. You got to be willing to like put yourself out there and go for it. And it's mm. going to come with mess ups. Even today, we mess up all of the time, but it's a part of the process and it helps you grow and it builds your character. And it really is just a part of chasing after the things put God puts on your heart. And so honestly, I can look back now and the failures in the moment, the failures in the moment, because we had each other, weren't all that bad. Like we kind of laughed at each other. Some were really disappointing though. And some were really hard and really sad, but you always get back up again and you, you it builds intimacy with Jesus. You're like, okay, God, that was rough. That was hard. How can you mm-hmm. redirect my steps? What are you going to speak over me? Like desperate for you to show up in this area of your life. And I wouldn't have had those moments and those opportunities, those conversations with him if we weren't chasing after this dream. And so yeah. failure yeah. in a way, it, it's good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing I love about failure is failure creates humility And humility is so important when you're chasing a dream and when you're chasing a calling, because the truth is you can't do it on your own. You just can't. You need the work of the Holy Spirit and you need God's presence, God's touch upon your life to be able to do incredible things. And I just believe that in what we do, dependency is so important and failure breeds humility, which humility breeds dependency. And so when you fail at something, would you lean into it? Because I just believe that that's yeah. almost God capturing you back and saying, hey, don't do this without me. Would you lean on me? Would you trust me? Would you allow me to do this with you? This is a co-laboring yeah. that we do together. And so I just like to remind myself that every time I fail, that there is a call into deeper dependency from God that I want to lean in to and I want to submit to and say yes to. So there's a lot of beauty in failure. And then the last thing that we want to just encourage you guys to do is once you have that direction, you have to go all in (laughs) and you have to stick with it. Once you get that clarity, once you know, there came a moment for Ken's and I, our senior year of college, where we knew that what we had going with Delight was different. And I had been searching, like I said, you know, my freshman year was all about music. Sophomore, junior years were my searching years. Senior year was my go all in year. And I will say I have been going all in since senior year of college. (laughs) (laughs) So it wasn't just a one-time year. It has been seven years of going all in. But once you get that direction, you got to just commit. And whenever you commit to something, it's funny because... Tyler and I are are planning on committing to a new ministry opportunity. And we were talking about how whenever you're committing to something, it also means that you're typically having to say no to something else. Mm -hmm. And knowing that when you go all in on something, there will be sacrifice and there will be other things that you have to then put into priority and say, hey, I have to choose this thing over this thing. And so I remember my senior year of college, I was involved in so many things. I loved them. I was passionate about them. But I knew that God was calling me to delight and that delight was the long game. Delight was the thing that was unique to me and to Ken's. We were the ones that were being called in to lead delight. And there were so many other people who could step into these other leadership opportunities and these other lanes. And so I literally quit every single other thing but delight. I put all my eggs 
in the delight basket. And it was risky because, mm -hmm. I mean, there was no guarantee of a job. There was no guarantee of success, but I knew that I needed a season of total commitment to it in order to yield more fruit, in order to yield opportunities that weren't there at that moment. And I think it's one of the best decisions I've ever made because here we are <laughs> seven years post that decision. And I'm still living in the fruit of that obedience in that moment. And so I think just like choosing yeah. it and going all in, I mean, I quit so many things that I loved, but it was so yeah. worth it. The sacrifice in obedience is always worth it when you just go out on that ledge and you trust God to provide that next step in that next step. Yes, for sure. Senior year was a wild one for us. For probably some of you listening, you're probably seniors too. And you're like, what am I doing with my life? And we were in the same boat with you, like for real, for real. And actually, Mac and I went on this little prayer retreat when we were seniors, which is kind of funny to think about. So mature of us to do, Mac. But <laughs> we went on this little retreat and we were like, okay, Lord, we just want clarity if this is what we're supposed to do in Delight. And he gave us clarity on that trip. And then we committed that next year to do just Delight and just Delight alone. And, and I know that opportunity doesn't come easily for everybody. And it was just super clear for us. But even in that moment, like that felt scary and that felt embarrassing a little bit because there wasn't many delight chapters. It was just a small thing. And we were like, okay, we're going to put all of our eggs in this basket. And so little old us, when we were like 21 years old, we were trying to start this thing, but we went all in and it was only through going all in that we received even more clarity of what we were supposed to do mm -hmm. and where we were supposed to take delight. And if it wasn't for that year of just like all, all in. I really don't think that we would be where we are at today getting to do this because it's really through going all in that you do receive the direction you need. And so yeah. that was huge for us and a pivotal part of the process. And then to wrap this up, we just want to leave you with a couple last things. The first thing we want to say is that you really aren't ever going to figure out what you're going to do with your life. Even to this day, Mac and I are still always trying to figure it out. Like we're like, okay, Lord, help <laughs> us. What direction should we take this? I don't know if I should put more time here, more time there, or just panicking moments. I feel like until I'm 85 and retired and can't do much, I'm going to just be wondering and asking God for more clarity in these things. And so you can take the pressure off. It's like season by season. You're just like, okay, I think I'm supposed to go in this direction, or I'm really good at this. Thank you for giving me clarity around this, or wow, this open door is so cool. I'm going to take it. I'm going to run out of it. I'm not going to be afraid to fail. All these things that we just talked about are a constant thing that we're practicing every single day. So you can take the pressure off. It's not going to be this crazy revelation, this straight path that you just know exactly where to go all the time. So that's huge. Life comes in seasons and the change is really, really good. So whether you're thinking about just being a parent, starting a job, changing positions, or you just simply need to know where you need to put your time, just depend on the Lord through it. Lean on Him and He will show you the way every single day. I mean, truly, my moments with Him in the morning shape my every day and every day is so different and every day brings new challenges. You can never leave that place and I'm so thankful that I have somebody to guide my every step. I think about that verse Psalms 37, it says, the Lord directs my steps and he delights in every detail of my life. Though they stumble, 
they will never fail for the Lord holds their hand. And that's an everyday thing. It really is and speaks Mm -hmm. probably so much to you and so much to me and everything that I do. So hopefully this gave you guys some direction, some advice. The first thing we talked about is be open-handed. Don't get too stuck and stubborn. Let the Lord speak into it. And the second thing is try on new things. Don't be afraid to get outside of your comfort zone. Don't let fear hold you back. It's through trying new things that you'll discover new passions and what you're gifted at. Mm intentionally seek the Lord and other godly counsel. If you're not doing that, you're not going to get much clarity. It's through the people around you who are following Jesus. They'll give you good advice and good direction, but then the Lord will give you even better. So make sure you're leaving space for that. Don't be afraid to fail. If you ever get nervous about failing, just give us a phone call because (laughs) we'll have a plethora of stories for you. And then lastly, when you get some more clarity, you got to go all in. You got to commit. That's part of walking in obedience. I hope this was helpful. I love that our little lives can maybe be a testament or give you direction too. Yeah, I love this trip down memory lane and it's really cool. I believe that God has called each of you to something really specific. And even if you don't know where to start, would you just start in obedience to him? Would you tell people about him? Would you love people well? And I just believe we overcomplicate it so often. And I think when you are loving God wholeheartedly and when you are serving God wholeheartedly, that purpose for what you're supposed to do with your life so easily finds you. And so you can lean in that and you can trust on that in the midst of this. So we love you guys and we'll see you next week.